Today is Wednesday, November the 9th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet on today's show. We first start with Shane Beamer's Tuesday press conference as the Gamecocks head coach speaks ahead of this weekend's game against the Florida Gators. Guys, I'll give my full thoughts on everything Coach Beamer had to say. Also, it's Wednesday. We're talking gambling. Best bet for South Carolina, Florida, as well as SEC gambling picks for a packed week 11 slate. Also, guys, we've got my good friend Mike Gillespie of ABC Columbia as he joins the show to talk all things South Carolina football as well as look ahead to this weekend's game in the swamp. Guys, we have got a packed show for you here on this Wednesday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app, or go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code T-S-U-S to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry, guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entries. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes, parlayed with the over on Spencer Rattler. Guys, you can play college sports, pro sports, even college basketball, which, of course, is now in full swing. They've also got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with Rave Reviews, guys, so many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. When you do, use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here of the Spurs Up Show as always. Appreciate you all tuning in. We have got a packed show here in the middle of another fantastic week. Hope this show does find you well, guys, no matter where you are, what you are doing. And again, hope you're having a great week to this point. We got a ton going on, a ton to discuss, like I mentioned, and so excited to be hanging out with each and every single one of you guys. Before we dive into everything, of course, a couple quick reminders. Tonight, we are out at Carolina Cigars on Hilton Head Island. Really excited to be out at the Cigar Lounge talking Gamecocks. All my low country Gamecocks would love to see you guys out there. Again, full details are on social media. They are pinned to the top of our social media pages. And also, we've been sharing all throughout the week as well. But the event, guys, will get going at around 7 o'clock tonight. 7 o'clock tonight is the official start time. And we'll be there basically all night, just hanging out, smoking stogies, talking Gamecocks. Again, all my low country Gamecocks, especially all those in the Hilton Head Island area, that part of the state, would love to see you guys out there. And this is, by the way, I want to mention... The first of many, especially I think after football season ends, would love to do some of these events on a weekend, on a Saturday, maybe when Gamecocks basketball is playing, we could all come together, watch the games, smoke cigars, and obviously, again, do it on a weekend where I think we could get an even bigger turnout. But really excited to hang with all the low country Gamecocks, and I'd appreciate Carolina Cigars for having us, and again, that will get going tonight. At 7 o'clock, full details on social media. If you have any other questions, please do not hesitate to reach out. Also, guys, again, another reminder, Carolina Alehouse, Somerville, this Saturday. Speaking of the low country, yours truly actually staying in Hilton Head today until Saturday morning. And then we'll be heading up to Somerville on Saturday for that 4 o'clock kickoff. I'm planning on being at Carolina Alehouse around 2 or 2.30 or so. And again, hope to see you all out there. Going to be a really good time. I will have the Beamer Ball towels and koozies for sale. Also, we've got a new shipment of Beamer Ball stickers in. So I will have those for free to give away at the watch party. And we will have koozies courtesy of my friend over at A1 Air Quality Consultants, of course, who is our sponsor for the Lead Pipe Lock of the Week. We'll have free koozies courtesy of those guys. So again, Really excited for tonight, the weekend. We got tons of exciting stuff happening. And again, of course, like I said, if you have any questions about anything going on, please do not hesitate to reach out. All right. With that being said, guys, let's dive in everything. We'll first start with everything Shane Beamer had to say yesterday as we talk Tuesday presser takeaways ahead of Saturday's game against the Gators. And obviously, I think the most notable from that press conference was the updates on the injury side of things. Uh, Shane Bieber saying that Marshawn Lloyd told him yesterday at practice he was surprised how good he felt. I think Lloyd is probably still questionable at this point, but we will see how that progresses as we go throughout the week. Also, of course, as we already knew, David Spaulding, the defensive back, is out for the remainder of the season said they had a couple bangs and bruise, bruises otherwise, but it sounds like the Gamecocks are pretty healthy. I think Marshawn Lloyd is obviously the one that we're all looking to, and and uh, they are obviously waiting to see if he will be ready to go. I would say this, guys. I think the longer this goes into the week, right, if it's still questionable on a Thursday like we saw last week, I think that'll probably tell you that he will not be available, right? Because it's one of those things, if they're 100%, most of the time the coaches, I feel like, they'll tell you they're 100%. But I think if it's something where he's still questionable on Thursday, I start to really question his availability for the game this weekend. Also, of course, Shane Beamer, complimentary of Florida. Nothing really crazy, guys. Nothing really jumped out. I thought it was really cool to hear Shane Beamer 
Uh, talk about 2010 being on staff when the Gamecocks went down there and beat Florida to clinch the SEC East. Uh, but outside of that, of course, as you'd expect, very complimentary. Uh, I also, I will say this. I will say, I thought that his comments in regard to this team's, the way they're approaching the game and the hunger, you know, I think that's a a, a storyline in this ballgame. And of course, I'll talk about this more on the Friday podcast. When we preview the game. But, you know, after the Missouri game, you heard folks and heard players saying they felt like they had arrived and felt like they had really done something being five and two. You just wonder the mentality, right, and how this football team handles now being bowl eligible and coming off a win and can they handle success and really parlay that into something even bigger and better with a win on Saturday. So, you know, I, I thought the comments were great to hear in regards this team's not satisfied getting to six wins. They're not satisfied just being six and three. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely think that's a storyline of the game, but it was great to hear him say that. And then, of course, maybe the best comment of the presser, uh, Shane Beamer saying he's not a fan of orange this month. Although Coach Beamer did say that during the rest of the year, he doesn't mind the color orange, which I was like, man, Gamecock fans are not going to love that comment. But either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, Shane Beamer saying that he's not a fan of the color orange this month. And as we all know, the next three teams, the Gamecocks will play all wear the color Orange, so something we can all relate to when he says he's not a fan of the color orange. I don't own any orange. I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't own any orange. And I know most of you listening, you guys stay as far away from orange as possible. Really, any shade of orange is no bueno for a Gamecock fan. So that was pretty much it from Shane Beamer. Again, guys, like I mentioned, nothing really stood out in regards to it. It was your typical coach speak Tuesday presser, but, uh, you know, really excited to talk more and dive more into the game on the Friday podcast, give the full preview, breakdown, prediction, all that good stuff. Guys, speaking of the game Saturday, let's dive into the gambling side of things as we talk best bet for Carolina, Florida. And we nailed Gamecocks minus six and a half last week. We now sit at four and four in our best bet. Gamecocks in this one on Saturday open. Uh, they actually open, I think, as an eight-point underdog or nine-point underdog even. Gamecocks now set at plus seven and a half. The over-under, the total is at 58 and a half. That's moved around a little bit here and there. But yeah, South Carolina actually did open plus nine. So the money has come in on the Gamecocks a little bit. And I'll tell you this, I thought it was really interesting, guys. If you believe Carolina's going to win, there's a lot of value in taking South Carolina money line. Gators are minus 320 on the money line, Carolina at plus 250. So again, that means you bet 100 on Carolina and they win straight up, you win $250. So there's definitely some value in taking USC money line. And you look at this spread, you look at this total, and guys, for me, this one is a no-brainer. And if you've been following the content all week long, you probably know where I'm going with this. I think the line is a little bit tricky. Um, you know, I, I I do think it's going to be a back-and-forth competitive game. I have questions about the Gamecocks' defensive front. Can they slow down the run? I could very, very well, guys, see South kind of winning this football game. But I'm going to stay away from the number. I'm going to the total because, again, guys, if you've been listening to me all week long, uh, you know how I feel in this one. I think it's going to be points, points, and more points. You look at both these defenses, neither one can stop the run. I, I you know, I, and I know that sounds crazy because of South Carolina's offensive struggles. And we talk about Marcus Satterfield. Um, I, I think there's going to be opportunities for Carolina to hit some big plays, man, and a lot of big plays. I think if they continue to get the ball to their playmakers, I think if they continue to keep guys like Jaheim Bell and Dak Joyner and Josh Van and Antoine Wells, they keep them involved. And Spencer Rattler continues his hot play. I mean, guys, you look at Florida's numbers defensively. 
it's abysmal. I mean, they they have been porous defensively, to say the least. So I think the Gamecocks will continue that momentum from the Vanderbilt game. I think they will score points. I think the Gators are going to score as well. I think you got to score at minimum 30 to win this ballgame. And I think Shane Beamer knows that. I think this football team knows that. For that reason, I do expect this to be a bit of a high-scoring game. I love the over 58 and a half in this one, guys. I, I just, for me, this feels like a no-brainer. I will eat my words if I'm wrong, but over 58 and a half to me just feels like the obvious play in this football game. I think both teams will be able to run the football. You got two really good quarterbacks and Spencer Rattler and Anthony Richardson. I think it will be an absolute field day for the offenses. Give me the over 58 and a half, my best bet for South Carolina and Florida. And again, we try to move our overall record for the best bet sitting at four and four right now. Try to move it overall to a winning record. I think we will. All right, let's move into SEC gambling picks, guys, for a packed week 11 slate. And of course, our SEC gambling picks are brought to you by our friends over at Carolina Cigars, where we will be tonight. Guys, Carolina Cigars has been in operation since 2008, recently taken over by the Peterson family in 2020. Whether you're new to the cigar scene or whether you've been enjoying cigars your entire life, Carolina Cigars has the expertise and knowledge to make your visit to their shop enjoyable stop by for a fine cigar and experience their classic cigar lounge where people come together share conversations and become friends if you're into cigars and you're on hilton head island you really do need to go by and visit them guys they offer same day shipping nationwide free delivery island wide for weddings and all special occasions they are also proud to offer premium cigars at nine outside humidor locations around hilton head island and they also have special events throughout the year aka the TSUS events like the one we're having tonight. Guys, they want to talk to you. They want to engage. They want to share with you their cigar selection that they're very proud of and their beautiful lounge. So when you're in the low country, there's only one place for cigars. That's Carolina Cigars, Hilton Head Island's premier cigar merchant. Come and share your passion. It's all there at Carolina Cigars. Guys, you can find them on Instagram at, at Carolina underscore cigars. That's at Carolina underscore cigars. Or give them a call today, 843 681 8600. That's 843-681-8600. Smoke them if you got them and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Okay, let's dive into our SEC gambling picks. And again, it is a yet another fun week of SEC football. We'll first start in Knoxville as the fifth-ranked Tennessee Volunteers look to bounce back from their loss to Georgia. They are hosting the Missouri Tigers in Tennessee, of course, a 20-and-a-half point favorite. Guys, it's a lot of points. And I think Mizzou, you look at that defense, they're solid. But Tennessee has gone up and down the field on everybody, not named Georgia. I think they'll want to make a statement and bounce back in a big way. Give me Tennessee at home to cover the 20 and a half. Georgia on the mean hand, or excuse me, meanwhile, on the other hand, is going on the road to Mississippi State, the number one dog's are 16-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. And on the flip side, I'm not saying Georgia's gotten comfortable, certainly. Kirby Smart's a fantastic coach, does a great job. I think there will be somewhat of an emotional letdown in this game, though. I like Georgia to win, but give me State plus the 16-and-a-half. I think Will Rogers and company, I think they can make that game much closer than it probably should be backdoor cover for the Bulldogs. Guys, moving to the Plains, Auburn, a one-and-a-half-point favorite over the Texas A&M Aggies. And I look at this one, and this is one that just feels like it just does not make sense, guys. It just doesn't make sense how Auburn is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. 
And because of that, I'm going with the Auburn Tigers because it feels like one, it's like, you know what? It feels too easy to take Texas A&M. You feel like Auburn's a dumpster fire, you know, with the whole Brian Harson thing. They got an interim head coach. You know what? I think Auburn's playing inspired football for their interim head coach, the former great Auburn running back, Cadillac Williams. I think they're playing inspired football. Auburn gets the win, covers the one and a half point spread and Texas A&M loses what their sixth straight SEC game or sixth game overall in a row bad time to be an Aggie fan uh Alabama going on the road trying to lick or licking their wounds after their tough loss at LSU they go on the road to Ole Miss 11 and a half point favorites at Ole Miss guys the Rebels at home give me Lane Kiffin to cover 11 and a half I think Bama probably wins a close one but uh you know I, I think Alabama of course Still really talented, still a really good football team, but this is not the Alabama of old. They are very gettable. I think Ole Miss will make this a very close competitive game. I love the Rebels, plus 11 and a half. Kentucky hosting the Vanderbilt Commodores, who the Gamecocks just saw. Big Blue is a 17 and a half point favorite. Guys, I don't think Vandy's good. I, you know, I, I know that was an 11 point game with South Carolina. I, I like Kentucky to smash Vanderbilt. I don't think it's close. Give me Cats. Minus 17 and a half. And then finally, LSU goes on the road to Arkansas in a trophy game. The battle for the golden boots, what I believe they call it. The seventh ranked LSU Tigers are three and a half point favorites. Arkansas trying to rebound from a loss to Liberty. Bro, I don't know what's happened to Sam Pittman, which by the way, uh, I said Brett Bielema, I believe on last week's show. Of course, I know it's Sam Pittman, the head coach of the Hogs. But uh, LSU, the three-and-a-half-point favorite, I got to take the Tigers, man. I mean, listen, this is a perfect letdown spot for them. I just don't think Arkansas is good enough to expose them, even in Fayetteville. I love LSU, minus three-and-a-half. I think they will cover that spread. I think LSU's for real, man. I think Brian Kelly's got it rolling, and I think they're probably on the path to Atlanta for the SEC championship game. So, guys, those are my picks for week 11 of SEC play. And I hope you guys all hit your picks and we all win a ton of money this weekend in college football. Guys, again, thank you all so much for tuning in. That's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all, your love, your support on the podcast, the live show, the merchandise side of the business as well. You know, it's really crazy and cool. And I won't go on too long of a rant, but it's wild, man. These Beamer Ball towels, you know, I, I when I create merchandise, Guys, I don't lead with, you know, what piece of merch can I create for my my greatest personal gain? You know, I, I really just try to create merch that's cool and unique and is going to be valuable to the end consumer, a.k.a. Gamecock fans. And so when we created these towels, you know, I thought, you know what, why not? Towels are, they're such a, they're such a unique and integral part of USC game day. And there's something all Gamecock fans, you know, we, we all look to have at game day. They're such a staple of our game day, if you will. And so I thought, why don't we throw Beamer ball on a towel, you know, and just give people the option, right? If you just want to take the free towels at Willie B, fine. But it's like, just give people the option to have a unique towel that they can bring with them to each and every single game. But to see the towels, you know, I had somebody DM me yesterday, actually right before the show, that they saw the towel on Fine Bomb. You know, you're seeing it on the telecast. You're seeing my good friend Connor McComish. You're seeing him get on the uh, the Jumbotron holding up the Beamer Ball towel. Like, the movement that I almost feel like has been created from the towels alone, it's just really, really cool, man. So I want to say thank you all, and I appreciate the love, appreciate the support, and uh, 
yeah, the joys in the journey. And there's just some things, man, that happen along the way that you just really can't even can't even dream up. You can't even uh, almost can't believe it's happening. But I love to see it, and I appreciate the love, appreciate the support, and appreciate the fact that you guys, you know, are, are are so adamant about showing off the merchandise. I can't tell you how much that means to me, and how grateful I am for each and every single one of you guys again that's going to do it all for me but don't go anywhere we got a great conversation my good friend mike gillespie of abc columbia joined me to talk all things gamecocks football to this point we also look ahead of this weekend's game which it's great that we had mike on this week because mike by trade is a florida guy of course he covers the gamecocks for ABC Columbia, but uh, he gives us a really good insight and look on the Florida side of things. We talk about this game upcoming this weekend and much, much more. Guys, again, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in and enjoy this conversation with Mike Gillespie of ABC Columbia. All right, guys, joining us on the Spurs Up show. He's a friend of the show. Been a while since he's graced the airways, but I felt like in the spirit of of Florida week who better to bring on than Mike Gillespie of ABC Columbia he covers the Gamecocks but is a Gator by trade again we won't hold it against him too much I'm just kidding Mike I appreciate you taking the time man it's a pleasure to have you on my friend yeah dude thank you uh for having me again I know we've been trying to do this for a little while so uh I I appreciate it man thank you like I told you the timing is perfect man and of course we'll get to that game this weekend in Gainesville in the swamp four o'clock kickoff should be a great game. But let's first talk, Mike, again. I haven't chatted with you, I think, since the spring or summer, really. I mean, it's been yeah. a while before the football yeah. season. So, South Carolina coming off the win at Vanderbilt and Nashville, sitting at 6-3 and three overall, 3-3 three and three in SEC play. And while you look at this season and you, and you kind of feel the pulse of the fan base, right? It's been a very up-and-down roller coaster type of deal. But if you look at this season from a 30,000-foot view and you think about mm-hmm. just what they've accomplished – Won four games in a row for the first time since 2013. Have now won back-to-back SEC road games for the first time since 2012. I think, Mike, all things considered, and of course we're going to get into the offensive woes and the offensive struggles, but all things considered, and by the way, you snapped the streak over Texas A&M, beat them for the first time in school history, beat Kentucky and Lexington for the first time since 2012. I think all things considered right now to be six and three, three and three in conference play going into the quote unquote orange crush portion of the schedule. I think all things considered, it's got to be a success right now in year two with Shane Beamer. Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. A hundred percent. I mean, back to back bowl trips. I mean, that's exactly what you want. I mean, like what, what else, what else could Carolina fans really want at this point, other than maybe a win over Clemson, you know, I mean, that's, that's the one that's still sort of dangling in front. Right. But I mean, if there's a year to do it, it's this year. I mean, especially good freaking jesus they looked awful i mean they looked so bad and i haven't i mean i've covered clemson now for almost a decade here along with usc and i mean i i've never seen them play that poorly in all three phases of a game uh, under Dabo. so i mean if there's a if there's a year right that clemson goes down to carolina it's this year uh unfortunately it's you know it's up at their place but still i mean like they just they look like crap right now. And um, yeah, man. So I, I think you've got to be really, really happy if you're a USC fan. I mean, again, the offense is a giant work in progress. Just put it that way. Uh, still is with three games left in the regular season. But um, no, I mean, all things considered, man, like six and three, if you would have told me during the summer, 
you know, Carolina would have wins over Kentucky, A&M, they'd be six and three. I, I would take it for sure. Now, Mike, looking at the game on Saturday, you look at Spencer Rattler's day, 16 to 23, 186, three touchdowns, mm-hmm. no picks. But even after yeah. that ball game, he now sits for the season, eight touchdowns and nine interceptions. And, yeah. and, I, and I feel like, you know, the – the expectations for Rattler, they ranged. I, I feel like for the most part, folks kept pretty realistic expectations. Obviously, they were a high hopes, but certainly folks like yourself and media types, I, I think, looked at this situation and said, okay, we'll just kind of see what you get. But I, nobody right. was saying he was going to win the Heisman or even be an all-conference guy. Right. But I'll ask you this. How surprising has it been to you? If surprising at all, I guess, but how surprising has it been his struggles at the quarterback position? And on top of that, the fact that again the Gamecocks are six and three, despite that. I mean, if you'd have told anybody yeah. over the summer going into week ten or game ten, excuse me, that Rattler would have eight touchdowns, nine picks, and Carolina would be six and three, they'd have told you you were crazy. Or I would have yeah. told you he got he got benched halfway through yeah. the season. Your right. overall thoughts on his play this season? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wasn't incredibly surprised just from what we saw. I mean, he wasn't terrible last year, but mm-hmm. certainly he wasn't. He was kind of a you know just a different. It was a different form of Spencer Rattler last year than the one we saw back in 2020, of course. And so, you know, I, my expectations were a little guarded just knowing that, you know, like there's a reason why he transferred. There's a reason why he got benched. Right. Like, and you know, no offense to Spencer, but he didn't play that well last year. I mean, there were, uh, there, there are reasons why that he didn't finish the season uh, as their starting quarterback. So, um, you know, and I, I think it's, you know, this offense is, is interesting too, because I mean, you've got one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the Southeastern conference in Marshawn Lloyd. And, you know, it's, you really have to be smart about it and give the ball to him first. It's gotta be an offense that runs through Lloyd first. Uh, so I think, you know, we just haven't really seen until Saturday night, we really haven't seen Carolina have to throw the ball that much uh, to win games. I think they, when they, you know, when they've been successful, it's been when Marshawn Lloyd has been super successful. Um, you know, I also think it's a not a brand new system, but and it it, it kind of was. I mean, for for uh, for for Spencer. Uh, and for Marcus, I mean, you know, like these guys had never worked with each other before. Um, you know, I think that it always takes at least a year to really get a system down um, in anything, man. I mean, in work, right? Like, oh, yeah. um, I I mean, it's it's crazy. Like, I, I just hired this guy, uh, Chaz Frazier, who we love uh, late August, and he's awesome. Uh, but, it, you know, it's it's funny. We were just talking last week about all the things that you have to learn, you know, in this job. And, um, you know, I think that it translates to football as well. Like, new verbiage, new, new schemes. You're working with different receivers. You're working with a different offensive coordinator. Um, you know, so I, I'm, I'm not – I'm not all that surprised. Um, I am kind of surprised that Carolina's six and three. And I'm, but I think that just goes to show you that there's more parity mm-hmm. this year in the league, especially um, than there was, you know, two years ago, um, you know, with AM mm-hmm. shitting the bed now. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, Kentucky not looking great like they once did. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Dude, they should have lost to Missouri on Saturday. I mean, and, and I mean, you, you played them without Will Levis. We can all acknowledge that. Sure. Right? Yeah. yeah I mean, but I that, mean, that helped. It helped. I mean, it helped. Yeah. But, dude, I mean, again, that defense was supposed yeah. to be amazing, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. yeah, they don't look that good. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, I just think there's a lot of parity. And um, so I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not super, super surprised by Spencer's struggles. I am a little surprised by, by the six and three. Mm-hmm. Now, Marcus Satterfield has been the topic of conversation, Mike, <laughs> obviously all season. I mean, that's the name you can't get around. And again, the 30,000-foot view, yeah. you would look at and say, I mean, everything's just going great in Columbia. You're 6-3. and three. Right. What could you have to complain about? But when you right. get into the nitty-gritty, and for folks like yourself and uh, myself as well that follow this program so closely, I think what's irking the fan base more than anything is looking at folks like Tennessee and like mm-hmm. Georgia and like their rivals that are winning yeah. and having great success on the offensive side of the football right. doing so. And you look at the Spencer Rattlers and the Christian Bill Smiths and the Antoine Wells, and you look at the Josh Vans and the Dak Joiners and Lloyd and all these guys that came back, right? And all the talent you have on the offensive side, and you rank basically dead last near the bottom of the conference in offense. Yeah. Do you think Marcus Satterfield can survive it? I mean, again, they've got three games left. I mean, I I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like it is in the best interest of South Carolina football to go a different direction just because I look at and I listen to the things he said about the pro style and 12 and 13 personnel. And I, and I just don't think over the long haul that's really going to be successful here. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I feel like we all agree in the preseason, right, that, hey, this is kind of the year for Sat, like, to get it sure. going. You've added all these pieces. You know, I said it many times. You traded in the beat-up hoopty for the Ferrari, and if it doesn't run, it's probably the driver. I don't think it's the car at this point. Right, um, right. Do, do you think there's any way Marcus Satterfield survives it? And you're just overall thoughts on the, on the offensive coordinator uh, chatter at USC. I, well, yes, I do, uh, because you look at sort of the orange crush, right? I mean, right. dude, these are three defenses. I mean, I get Clemson still is yeah. a great defense, right? I mean, but they didn't look like it at Notre Dame, man. I mean, the Notre Dame did whatever the hell they damn well pleased on Saturday night. And so, but Florida's defense has not that not been great all year long. I mean, LSU came to the swamp. I watched that game in person. LSU came to the swamp and just pushed them around. Like it was awful. I mean, Florida's defense is not good. Tennessee's defense is not good. Um, so really, you know, two out of three games where there's a chance, you know, Carolina could put up 30 points. Uh, and then you got a bowl game as well. So I do think there's a lot of football left to be played. There's a lot to figure out. And it really started with Vanderbilt. I mean, I sat there and thought to myself, when I saw your tweet about Marshawn on Saturday, which props to you, man. Horses season. That's no, that's good stuff. Yeah. Well, no, seriously. Well, my, the funniest thing about it is like, you know, and I, I try not to do it much anymore, but like, you know, all these guys later on who are up in Nashville, you know, they're like, uh, you know, yeah. So the, the, uh, the, the, uh, the dress list, you know, like, uh, Marshawn Lloyd's not on there and everyone's like, yeah, well, Chris broke that. <laughs> it was 12 hours ago. I, I, but, I told people, I was like, yeah, I, I don't care, man. I, I don't well, care. I'm just, I'm well, doing I, it for the people, man. It, it is what it is. It's they're all- a man of the people. Yeah. Uh, so exactly. dude, I, I, so, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, when I, when I read your tweet, I'm thinking, okay, this might be the beginning of the end because they're going to yeah. struggle. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, and there's, you know, there was always already precedent for that because last the week before against Missouri didn't have Marshawn in the second half, couldn't right. move the football. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, Missouri is a pretty solid defense. Yeah, they've got a great defensive line. Mm-hmm. 
but they're not that good of a football team in general. So is Carolina going to struggle against Vanderbilt? And if they do, I don't think there's any way you survive that if you're Marcus Satterfield. Mm. To his credit, um, they were very effective moving the ball in some just kind of, I don't want to say wacky, but kind of wacky ways, man. I mean, the, the, the play calling was, um, in my opinion, just got very different, uh, creative, which is exactly what you wanted to see. I mean, you know, nine guys caught passes on Saturday night, eight different rushers for game for the Gamecocks. Like, I mean, that's hard to scheme against if you're Florida right now, because all of a sudden, like, you know, there's a lot on film that you now have to prepare your guys for coming into this Saturday. And Marshawn Lloyd is supposed to play. Mm. So I think. Uh, uh, but, you know, like, I, 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 so I thought that he did a really good job Saturday night in being creative, getting playmakers the ball finally. Now, the question is, should it have taken nine games, right? And that's that's going to be the big question for Beamer in the offseason is why did it take so long? Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, man, like it's not I, I, I asked Beamer this last uh, last Tuesday. I, I, you know, my my main question in all of this is how do you evaluate Marcus? Right. Like or just any of your coordinators like, you know, what what are the things that you do to evaluate your assistant coaches? And. It, it wasn't surprising to me, but I mean, he's in almost every single offensive meeting. So none of this, I don't think is that surprising. Um, and I, oh, I, he's got a lot of input in this offense. So it's not just sat, right? Like part of this is on Beamer too. And, you know, I, I hope for them and for Marcus's sake that they kind of figure it out and they keep trending in the right direction over these next three games. I mean, dude, Florida's, like I said, Florida's defense, not good. Tennessee's defense, I mean, legitimately, two out of these last three games, Carolina could be putting up points in the 30s, and I wouldn't be shocked if they did uh, on Saturday. So, yeah, I think, long story short, man, I, I think he he can survive it because there's a lot of football left to be played. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think that the – I think it will resonate a lot louder if you put up 30-plus against the likes of a Florida or a Tennessee. I, I think most folks, unfortunately, might just write it off as it's Vandy. And, and people throw in Vandy with, like, Charlotte, yeah, sure. SC State, even Georgia State, who your offense didn't score 30-plus. That was special teams aided, if you will. But but either way, no, I, I, I agree with you going down the stretch. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Now, on the defensive side – what I think is interesting, Mike, is this entire season, the focus has been on the offense, right? And deservedly so. Yeah. But I, I've talked to a lot of people that have said, Chris, do you realize like the offensive struggles have really masked what's going on in the defense yeah. as well? And that they've 100%. struggled at times, no doubt. Um, mm-hmm. You give up 454 yards to Vandy. I think yeah. the concerning part is that you gave up 226 on the ground, 5.5 yeah. yards per carry. And, yeah. and I tweeted, That's not good. I, I tweeted jokingly, Mike, during the game, I was like, is Vandy's offensive line elite? Like, did I did I miss that in the scouting report? Um, y- your thoughts on Clayton White's side of the ball? I mean, we know they have talent up front. I, I think the yeah. linebacker position, I think there's a reason they're recruiting it so hard. I think it's still a deficiency. Uh, yeah. Secondary, we know, is elite. But uh, do you look at that Vanderbilt game as a one-off, or do you think it's a real concern going down the stretch for this group? 
No, I think it's a gigantic concern. I mean, especially going up against teams that like to run the football in this orange crush here at the end. I mean, Florida's offense has found consistency now because they're able to run the football, right? Like Florida's run game right now is elite Mm -hmm. because of Anthony Richardson, because of Trevor Etienne, right? Like they can move the ball. So if you can't stop Vanderbilt on the ground, you're not going to stop Anthony Richardson, who's nine foot 12 and 500 pounds. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. So that, that is my main concern right now for Carolina's defense going into this game is, is it, you know, I guess it's the linebacking core. You know, they can't stop when they get, when, when the running backs get to that next level, but why are they getting to that next level to begin with? You know, like this defensive line was supposed to be incredible. And here's the other thing, man. Defensive line has played pretty well, but I mean, you're talking about multiple five stars on that line, right? Like they get pressure on the quarterback. They just can't finish the deal. And, you know, and and we're talking about AJ Swan. Anthony Richardson is a fucking nightmare for, (laughs) for defenses. Like if you can't sack AJ Swan, you're not going to sack Anthony Richardson. So they've got to figure out a way to finish the deal, man. Like, yeah, get pressure on the quarterback, but freaking sack. I mean, whatever you got to do, like, even if it's just like ripping the guy's shoe off or something, like, I mean, they've got to get the quarterback down. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a massive concern, man. Um, but you know, it's, it's being masked because, Clayton White had so much success last year, you know, in his first season as a defensive coordinator. He's getting so much love nationally, you know, like for these job openings. And so, you know, like I think this is this is kind of where, you know, being a media guy, you kind of have to say, okay, well, let's be fair here. Mm-hmm. Like we do ha- like Satterfield, yeah, has been the attention, but yeah, you know. The, the problem, a major problem for him is he's been getting negative attention now for two years. So, like, you know, these problems all of a sudden get elevated because it's been a consistent problem. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Clayton has shown that he's a he's a great schemer. He's a great coach. And so we just kind of look the other way when it comes to to Clayton. But, yeah, man, it's it's uh I'm very concerned for for Carolina going into this Florida game because Florida's been able to run the ball well. Well, and you mentioned Clayton White. What's so intriguing about that, Mike, is it's true. You know, last year going into that season, the expectations for the defense were so low that, like, you you couldn't help but exceed. You know, like they were so astronomically low. I mean, you were talking about, I think, going into that season last year, it was a secondary that had given up like. 260 oh. passing yards per game yeah. and you had lost horn and McQuamu and like the yeah. only way to go was up. Right. So, you know, right. I, I think you make a great point and I know you're a stat guy. So you talk about the running game and I'm sure you saw it, but I posted this morning, Florida on this season, five and oh, when they run for 210 or more yards, yeah. oh, and four when they run yeah. for less than that. Also another big stat in this one and looking ahead of the Florida game, what I think so intriguing Gamecocks six and oh, when they force a turnover. Owen yeah. when they don't. So I mean, it's yeah. like the recipe for success. It's it's yeah. right there. Yeah. If South Carolina, I think what it shows, Mike, too, looking at this game against Florida and Anthony Richardson, I think I saw over his last, I forget how many games, but he's like nine touchdowns, no picks. Like he's playing a lot better here of late, taking care of the football. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I think what it shows those numbers for Carolina is that, you know, this team is who it is that the identity I think is what it is, which is fine. And they're finding ways to win, but the Gamecocks, if they've got to go mono mono offense against offense and the mm-hmm. defensive and special teams facets of the game are just yeah. even, yeah. then I don't think that bodes well for South Carolina. They need to benefit from an opportunistic defense. They need Beamer ball to make plays, whether yes. it be a block punt, block kick, yes. fake, like you saw against yep. Vandy. Like yep. they need to win those facets of the game because yep. even like you mentioned, even with Florida struggles and Tennessee struggles and, you know, the defenses they'll be facing, I, I just think, Mike, if the offense has to go win the game, yeah, I, I'm not confident they can just do it alone, right? They're just going to need some right. help. So you look right. at this game on Saturday. Let's talk about this one at the Swamp, 4 o'clock kick. Um, I, I think the matchup, again, what Anthony Richardson, the the the, the – the challenge he presents, like you mentioned, and it's crazy to me, Mike. Like he, he gets a lot of love. He, he gets a lot of love. He, you know, Heisman Trophy caliber guy, and talking about the NFL draft and the type of prospect he is. And I know yeah. a lot of Gamecock fans feel some type of way because he had a really, really slow start of the year. But I mean, you look yeah. at the build, you look at the makeup, you can understand why. Sure. Um, but I think the challenge he presents, that Florida offense presents, and I mean, it really probably will come down to when you look at the matchup defense against offense for South Carolina. Can they slow down the run? That's what it'll yeah. come. If you can force Anthony Richardson to throw the football, get him uncomfortable, maybe you can get him back to what he was doing earlier in the season, right. kind of forcing the right. football, if you will. But uh, Florida's clicking offensively, and I know they took on a shorthanded Texas A&M team, but yeah, if nothing else, that, that builds up hella confidence going into this one. Well, yeah, and I mean, look, like what they were able to do against Tennessee, I mean, people forget, and, and Georgia, I mean, Georgia – they just built that lead and, and they couldn't, but I, I, you know, Florida rattled off 17 straight points, I think between the second and third quarters and made that a 28 to 20 game in the third quarter. Problem is, is that Florida, Florida's defense has just not been that good against the pass against the run. And it just seems like a different problem every single week. Right. Like, uh, like Stetson Bennett looked like a, you know, a, a freaking first round pick, you know, throwing the ball against Florida. Uh, they I mean, seriously, they Georgia was able to run the ball effectively uh, against Florida. But yeah, I mean, I, I think as a if you're a defensive coordinator, I think if you're Clayton White this week, you want to take away Florida's run. The problem with that is, is that now Florida has been able to show that you can that they can pass. And I, you know, Texas A&M tried to do that. They tried to take away the run. They were not very successful at it. Um, And I think at this point though, in the season, like still make, make Anthony Richardson throw the ball and make him beat you through the air. And because they're going to beat you on the ground, if you give them lanes, you know, like Florida's, I mean, you you had a great stat. What are they five? But six and zero or five and zero? Five and zero when they right? run for two, two yeah. ten or more. And he, yeah. by the way, Etn is a fantastic running back. Yeah. I, I've watched yeah. him a bit. He, he's very good. Yeah, no, Etn. But Montrell Johnson is is the guy that that's impressed me the most. I mean, coming coming from Louisiana, right? Where you're like, okay, you know, like let's see what this guy's able to do in the SEC. Uh, and he's been incredible, man. Uh, but yeah, no, Etn, Montrell Johnson, the. The interesting part to me about Florida, though, is they're not they, – they've kind of developed a lot of eye candy this year. They're, they're you know, mo- oh, there are a lot of motions now. Uh, they're doing different things with Ricky Pearsall, who's their – basically they're a number one target now. But it's not like 
it's not super hard to defend. They're not doing like crazy wacky stuff that we saw USC do on Saturday. Right. Like there's not a whole lot there. It's very simple. Um, it's a, it's an RPO scheme and everything goes through Anthony. Every play he has the option to run the ball. And, you know, so if you can take that away and make them one dimensional, I think it could bode well for Carolina. Here's the other thing too, you know, I was looking at special team stats today and I know it's the most unsexy thing in the world, but like, look, Carolina has scored three touchdowns on special teams this year, you know, two, two punts, I think. And then one kickoff return for a touchdown. Florida hasn't. And, you know, like that could be the difference in the game, just like it was against Texas A&M. I mean, what was the final score of that game? It was a four, four point game. Is that right? 24, 20 or something. Mm -hmm. Was that, is that right? Like for the or, South Carolina AM game? Yeah. yeah. It was, was uh, 30, 31 or, to like 23 or something like there that. There we go. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Something yeah. Like that. Um, that's right. But I mean, the difference in that game was the 99 yard kickoff yeah. return or 100 yard kickoff return yeah. for a touchdown. Right. Yeah. So um, that, that to me could be really interesting. And then, yeah, I am, I, I'm a huge fan. Uh, stats nerd guy today that this blew my mind um you know florida florida's averaging i think i saw 31.2 points per game and carolina's averaging 31.1 that's about as close as you can get yeah. right so like i mean i i understand that you know some of those numbers are inflated right, because right. of charlotte because of sc state vandy but uh you know man like Florida played USF. Right. Florida played Eastern Washington State University Prison. You know, whatever the hell that team was. Right. Like, I mean, seriously, like yeah. it's so to me, you know, it's it it seems like offensively, these two teams could be pretty evenly matched. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, Mike, leading into that, that you know, you talk about the Florida defense. So flipping it to the other side, I mean, it sounds like it's probably, I mean, if the Gamecocks are gonna win this game, and I know Florida opens as a nine-point favorite in this one, but if South Carolina is going to win, I mean, they're going to have to have a big day offensively. Like, I just yeah. don't see a scenario where it's some 23 to 20 game. Like, I think you're going to have yeah. to score in the 30s. Florida right. is going to score. So I, I think you're going to need to see, you know, we we point it last week or we point it Saturday and say, you know, Spencer Rattler played at least statistically his best game of his South Carolina career thus far. Yeah. I think yeah. he'll have to do even better than that probably. Um, you're going to have to use the weapons on the outside. I think you'll need, you know, isn't it crazy? Mike Jaheim bell goes from zero targets to 19 touches against yeah. Vanderbilt. So they got the yeah. message. I think that's going to have to continue. What's the status of Marshawn Lloyd, but you're going to have to get a lot of Wells, a lot of bell, a lot of Stogner, a lot of van, maybe some Dak Joyner. Yeah. Um, and then obviously again, Spencer Rattler having one of, if not his best day this season, I think to give you a real shot to win this one. Cause like you mentioned, man, Florida's going to score. They're going to have yeah. a plan. Anthony Richardson, they're going to score. Um, you know, I think it's going to have to be a shootout if the Gamecocks are going to pull off the whim. The interesting part when you look at these offenses right now to me too is like, you know, South Carolina against Vanderbilt, again, doing a lot of uh, interesting stuff, <laughs> like di the dynamic play calls, right, which – uh, to me, I think is makes it very hard for Florida to scheme against because now they've got to, you know, they have to put all they have to show their players. OK, prep for this, prep for this uh, for Florida. They've almost done it in a very simplistic way, which is 
okay, if, if it's third and five, uh, we're going to hand the ball off. Mm-hmm. Who the hell does that in college football? Like, seriously, like there aren't a lot of teams, but Billy Napier's a very analytical dude. Most of his thought process is fueled by data and analytics. Mm-hmm. So I think the other main part for Carolina's defense is going to be, can you know, obviously can you stop the run, but can you get off the field on third and fourth down, mm-hmm. uh, which dude, Florida's struggled in that department this year. Florida has struggled on both sides of the ball. They can't get off the field on third down. They have a really hard problem uh, getting past the line and converting on third. And, you know, I, I, part of me says, okay, well, you know, a lot of that it's, it's complicated because, you know, Napier likes to go for it on fourth, right? Like he'll, he'll hand the ball off third and five and it'll be a fourth and one fourth and two, which is manageable for that offense. Mm -hmm. But on the flip side of that, it's, they shouldn't really be in those situations to begin with. So can Carolina get off the field, you know, on third down, what, you know, look for the run, man. I'm telling you, like they will, Florida will hand the ball off on a third and five. And that is a, that's a tough thing to guard against because you're expecting the pass. And I've seen it time and time again with this team, you know, it's just, and it drives me, you know, as a, as a fan, you know, I'll root for Florida every game that they play, except Carolina, I'll root for Carolina every game except Florida. But as a fan, it drives me crazy because I'm like, it's a fucking third and five and you hand the ball off and you get three yards and then you have to go for it on a fourth and two or something. But it, it worked last week, um, you know, against AM. And I think that they weren't really prepared for that. They thought that Anthony Richardson would try to throw the ball or would take off uh, on a right. third and five instead of Montreal Johnson getting the ball, you know, Florida handing the ball off to their running back and him, you know, scooting for seven. So I think that could be a really interesting uh, part of this game too uh, on Saturday. Mike, I know we're running up on time, so last thing before I get you out of here. Uh, Billy Napier, year yeah. one. Uh, obviously, it's it's been up and down. What's the overall mood of Gator Nation in regards to Napier? Obviously, he was a hot name on the coaching market. Uh, yeah. And then I'll ask you, I know it's early in the week. Obviously, we're speaking on Monday. Gators are a nine-point favorite. Do you have an early feel on this one? Uh, I know a lot of South Carolina fans carry a lot of confidence in this one because of yeah. last year, but yeah. this is obviously a much different Florida team than a year ago when they were in complete disarray with Dan yeah. Mullen. Uh, yeah. You have to go to the Swamp, which is still a very intimidating place to play, and the Gamecocks don't exactly have a stellar history there. Um, so, yeah, overall, just thoughts on Napier, the mood of Gator Nation, and just early feel in the game. Yeah, I, I so I uh, I think Billy Napier uh, obviously was a was a great hire for a lot of reasons. I mean, Dan Mullen. I mean, to this day, man, um, you know, as a Florida grad, I, I'm I'm still in shock that that didn't work out. Um, like I, I thought he was the guy, um, and I think you know, Florida fans did. I think the administration thought they had a home run, and then it, you know, Kirby just kicked him to the curb man like I mean like just really like I think if if there was one of the main reasons why Dan Mullen got fired it was because of Kirby Smart uh out recruiting Dan Mullen and outworking Dan Mullen Mm -hmm. and uh so I think Florida fixed their issue with recruiting right away right and sort of building a staff the way 
Alabama and Georgia and Clemson have built their staffs spending a billion dollars on freaking, you know, football facilities and all of that stuff, uh, which is what you have to have now. So I think from that perspective, it was it was a win. It's way too early to tell. I think the the trajectory, I mean, it's been so up and down, man. I mean, you know, the loss to LSU uh, that day looked terrible. Now you look at it and say, well, LSU's <laughs> apparently here now. Uh, and they found a lot of things that work in, you know, with their quarterback, moving him around in the pass game. Um, so, I mean, you know, long story short, I think it's way too early to tell. But I think people like uh, Billy Napier. He, it's, it's a little strange. I don't know if he fits Florida the way that a lot of previous Florida, uh, you know, guys at Florida um, have sort of fit that program. I think in the past, Florida has, you know, liked to hire the kind of arrogant, cocky, white offensive genius types, right? AKA Steve Spurrier. Spurrier, <laughs> Urban Meyer, yeah. uh, Mullen, you know, uh, Jim McElwain, same same yeah. deal, yeah. which people hated, by the way. People hated working with that guy. He yeah. was such a tool. Um, but you know, so, so in that regard, I don't know if he's like, a, a like, a uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, like a, a perfect fit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but I like it because it's not that, right. you know, it's, it's different. He is a nice dude. He is, right. uh, a humble guy, right? Like he's very Southern guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like that part early feel on the game i think florida wins because i think they can move the ball on the ground mm-hmm. um you know and and if they if they had struggled over the last couple of weeks to move the football on the ground um you know i would say you know maybe carolina has a shot i think usc is going to have to get really creative again in what they what they do offensively and i think they're going to have to steal a possession back um, which is exactly what they needed to go to do against Tennessee too. Like they somehow, like whether, whether it's an onside kick or a blocked punt, you know, something to like something in the special teams where they can steal a possession back. And um, cause I don't think Anthony is going to throw a pick. I think they've been really good about the, the, you know, the, the routes for receivers and, mm-hmm. you know, like if it doesn't work, take off. Uh, with the football, I think he's going to protect the ball. So yeah, I think oh, nine points is a lot, though, man. Uh, especially for a team that got absolutely ran out of the building last year. Um, so I mean, if I were betting on this game, I I, I think I would take USC um, because I think nine is a lot. Mm-hmm. But again, man, Florida's been able to run the ball really well, and I, I and Carolina hasn't shown that they're able to stop it stop the run this year. So I think that could be the, you know, the biggest difference in this game, but yeah, man, I, I just, just the way these two teams have matched up, you know, in, in the past, I mean, it's always a fun game and, mm-hmm. and nine, nine seems like a lot. Oh, do you, do you agree? Yeah. I mean, to your point, man, Gamecocks were a plus 20 last year and won that yeah. game by 20 points yeah. themselves. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I think nine, not to spoil any, any predictions from, from my side, but I, I think it depends. Um, yeah. like, like you mentioned, I, I think over the next three games, the quote-unquote orange crush, I, I don't think they will win any of those three 
where they don't win the turnover battle. I, and yeah. they just, they have to. I, I agree with you. South Carolina, to combat their offensive struggles, have to steal a possession or two. I, I think multiple. Yeah. I mean, you look at the game last year against Florida, Jabari Ellis, scoop and yeah. score, right? And the way the defense played. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, so sure. that that was a game. I, mean, I think Jason Brown only threw for like, you know, he had a great day, but he only threw for like yeah. 155 yards. And the Gamecocks yeah. ran for like 240 in that game. Yeah. So, but I think stealing a possession defensively special teams, I think that's what it'll come down to. And uh, like I said, I, I'll lock in my prediction later in the week. But like you mentioned, these games are always fun and expected more of the same. And a big game, I think, for both sides. Obviously, yeah. Florida looking to get that sixth win, get to a bowl. Get South bowl Carolina eligible. looking to keep momentum going. And if they can yeah. get to seven – um, you know, I think obviously that's a huge success in year two of Beamer. Mike Gillespie of ABC Columbia. Mike, it's always a pleasure, man. Appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it, man. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. He's Mike Gillespie. I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on another episode of the Spurs Up Show.